This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I recently worked on this piece about the royal family's ties to slavery, which went out during the coronation. Hey folks, it's another Fanboy Friday with me, Shah Jahan Khan. This week's guest is Ilyana Hagna. Ilyana Hagna is a journalist and documentary producer who works at Al Jazeera Plus. Her work has brought her across the globe, covering stories like the Sudan Revolution to voter suppression in Tennessee for publications including Elle, CBS News, Teen Vogue, and Vice. I came across Ileana this summer during Rafaelian's call for scripted shorts. She was one of the awesome folks that scheduled a one-on-one meeting with me to tell me about her work, and I'm so excited that we connected. You can read an excerpt of our interview on Rafaelian's Fawn website for Muslim American creative projects at createfawn.com. That's C-R-E-A-T-E-F-A-N-N.com. More with Ileana Hagena and me after a quick break. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. 
Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. And then I'm also going to be working on stories about colonialism and how it affects the present day. So, you know, decolonialism is an ongoing process, um, just like the fights for civil rights in the U.S. And so a lot of my work at AJ Plus just deals with finding ways to explain it to an audience that cares about it. So, you know, thinking about exploitation of minerals such as lithium for our phone batteries and how we clear, you know, indigenous populations to make them, how we use forced labor, you know, and I, I like to make people think about how these things affect people in their everyday lives. So that's really fun that I get paid to do that. And then I'm also currently writing my first script for this article that's being optioned. Um, And it's an article that I wrote right after the Sudanese revolution when I was doing a lot of reporting on what was going on. And it's about this Facebook group that originally started to catch men who were cheating on women. But then it slowly became this really important part of the revolution where a lot of the women were talking about how the officers were hurting them, um, beating them, harassing them in different ways. But those officers, because Khartoum especially is so small, those officers were also people's brothers and husbands that they knew. So they ended up using that Facebook page that was originally used to blame and shame cheating men, to blame and shade the officers who were hurting them during the revolution. And it got to a point where the government was trying to get a hold of this Facebook group And they actually ended up, unfortunately, they did win a little there because the Facebook group is completely gone and they've been currently trying to completely erase a lot of these incredible stories of the revolution. So I wanted um, to create a story that dealt with firsthand accounts, narratives of the women who are part of this revolution. So you could see their stories, their voices in a way that you don't usually hear Um, And it's really a story about sisterhood and the backdrop is the revolution. So that's a fun project that I'm working on. It's my first time writing a script. Um, And so, yeah, so I'm I'm hoping that it can move forward this year as well. What is and maybe in your case as a journalist or in whatever other context makes sense for you, like what was the first time that you can remember maybe either like doing something that you're really proud of or the first time you were like, shit, like I'm a, I'm a journalist, like, holy crap, I did it. Yeah. You know, I think for me, what's most important about being a creative, doing what you love doing is being in love with the process. And I remember there was this one time, like 2017, um, when I had a layover, um, and I was just in Oslo for a couple of days, just hanging out. I was staying at a hostel. And I started just, you know, photographing the area and I just really wanted to explore and try to see a side of Oslo that I normally wouldn't see. And so I actually ended up meeting these skateboarders in the area and we ended up kind of hanging out for a bit. And they told me that 
skateboarding was actually banned in Norway in the 80s. So when they were kids, they weren't allowed to skate. I was like, well, how did you skate? Because you're also good at skating. Clearly, you were able to do something. So then they ended up showing me these like secret skate parks in the woods. And it was this I had this like beautiful footage of them skating in these abandoned parks. And there was this really interesting story there. So I ended up interviewing some of them about their experiences, you know, being a part of this sport that is really about helping each other, about connection, community. I mean, there's so many great elements of this sport. But unfortunately, even in the U.S., so many people... They looked at skateboarders as outcasts and they just looked at the or they tried to play up a lot of the injuries because, you know, when you're skateboarding, that's part of the game is that you unfortunately have to injure yourself in order to get better and better and better. However, there was this sense of camaraderie through it all. And I think what they did was amazing. I mean, they were able to do these amazing tricks. So I, I got this footage. And I had no idea what I was going to do with the footage. But when I was there, I just kind of fell in love with the process of gathering this footage, telling the story, having these great visuals. And I even taught myself like basics of editing and premiere, essentially making a documentary. But, you know, at that moment, I didn't really have a place to put it. But I, I truly believe you can have any job or circumstance in your life. But I think really loving the process and being proud of what you're doing, I think is the most is when you're most fulfilled. So that was definitely a moment that I was like, you know, I'm really loving this. I'm loving this process. I want to continue to do this and and be better at this craft. That's really awesome. And I also love that you talked about Oslo. We've played in in Norway many times, and those are some of my favorite shows that that, that we've ever done. Um, yeah, yeah. I uh, I wanted to shift gears a little bit and talk about the fact that you're a harp player too, which I still think is so badass. Can you maybe tell me about sort of the interplay between those two different parts of your life, like maybe the journalism side, the creator side, and then like the harp side? Like how do all those things like make make you who you are? I mean, not not to sound cliche, but it's really just about telling stories. You know, yeah. I think just connecting people to a narrative. And I love telling narratives through music, through music theory, through notes, through understanding how different notes connect. You know, you have like your tonic, which is like your home, and then you go different directions. And you always want to get to that home base, uh, that tonic note, you know, and I just feel the same when I'm telling a story. I feel like you always have to bring people into a certain perspective, a certain narrative. And once you have that perspective, then everything kind of comes together. So in terms of the storytelling process, for me, writing songs, telling stories through music is the same kind of process as telling a story through video or through the kind of journalism and work that I do. It's also, you know, I know a lot of people and and play for a lot of Somali and East African gatherings. And so I love to, I'm actually, I got to play with an Ethiopian jazz band recently, which was really fun. And to me, I mean, I felt like I was really able to connect different audiences to the harp. And I was able to show people 
how they can see the harp in different cultures um, and again, connect them to that story. You know, Ethiopian jazz is interesting because there's so many different elements that came and, you know, you get to see all these elements play out, even in like Somali music. There was in the 70s, there was this huge funk period. And so sometimes I actually once got to play the Somali event and I got to play some funk music as well. I just kind of played some of the melodies on my harp from that period. And people didn't even know that that was, you know, from a, the Somali like funk period in the 70s. So I just love to tell those kinds of stories and have people see different cultures in a different way. So I think it's it's all kind of comes from the same place. It's just using a different kind of language. Where does the work that you do, whether it's, you know, in journalism or in music, how does it help you kind of like straddle those different parts of yourself? It's crazy because whenever I feel like I'm not doing enough or I feel like I'm not able to get to the level that I want to or really create the things that I want to create, I always remember that there really aren't a lot of Somalis who are able to really do what I'm doing. It's a tough business. I mean, there you you get a lot of no's, first of all, for every story that you want to tell, especially happy stories about Somalia that show people in a different light. And you get a lot of, yeah, you get a lot of people who say that they don't necessarily, that the average viewer shouldn't necessarily care about stories in Somalia. So I think a lot of it is I, I just have this push and I just have this idea of myself as doing something different and going against barriers. And that always makes me feel like what I'm doing is worthwhile and important, no matter no matter how many people say that no one's going to care about the story or, or, you know, whatever you're working on. And so... Yeah, I just I feel like it's really, really important to just have more East Africans out there. I also connect with a lot of East African creatives and we're very supportive of each other. I always, you know, try to reach out to like, you know, an East African journalist who's doing something really interesting or filmmaker. And I feel like we all want to see each other thrive and we all want to help each other. That's also something that really pushes me, you know, to be able to work together to try to change these narratives, especially for the next generation, because there'll be more out there and there'll be more to reference and do whatever they'd like to do with it. Awesome. Last question. Who are other like American Muslim creators or whatever that like inspire you? Yeah. So, I mean, like I was saying, you know, my work luckily connects me to a lot of Muslim female creatives, and I'm really thankful for that. So, you know, I would say like any of my friends, there's there's so many people, there's so many independent artists out there who I think people should check out. I think if you, you know, look at, you know, Sundance or Tribeca and those films, you'll find so much more than it, you know, the kind of Muslim content you want to see than, you know, trying to, you know, go on Netflix or or any kind of bigger streaming platform. But yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, I'm really, I've always been inspired by like Muslim women who are trying to change their own narratives in any medium that they can. You know, there's so many obstacles. So every time I see 
you know, a Muslim, especially a Muslim woman creative who made something they wanted us to see and they were able to get that out. I always think about this, that story that they're trying to have us see and also the story behind how they were able to get their work seen the way that they want it to. And, you know, I'm inspired by like Shireen Nishant, who's this Iranian artist who mm -hmm. does a lot of that. I'm familiar. And yeah. Yeah. Um, Nishla Mumin, she is uh, a writer and filmmaker, and she talks a lot about the Black Muslim experience in the U.S. in a really funny way. And then I recently saw this film called For Sama, and it's by Wad Al-Khattab, and she is a, she's a Syrian filmmaker, and she talks about the female experience of, you know, the war in Aleppo. And it made me realize, you know, again how there's so many war reporters who are male and so we only see a small sliver of the stories and that's really what we talk about and experience when we think about war and so that you know content like that really makes me think and so i'm, I'm really happy you know whenever it's out there awesome fanboy friday is a production of Rafelion media it's hosted by me Shah Jahan khan and produced and edited by Ari Mathay. Our theme music was composed by me with help from Nick Zampiello at New Alliance Mastering and features my good friend and longtime musical co-conspirator Tanya Pollitt on vocals. Please follow today's guest Ileana Hagna on Twitter at Ileana Hagna. That's I-L-I-A-N-A-H-A-G-E-N-A-H and Instagram at Harptastic. That's H-A-R-P-T-A-S-T-I-K and read more about her and lots of other cool stuff by American Muslim creatives by subscribing now to createfon.com. That's C-R-E-A-T-E-F-A-N-N.com. Thanks so much.